Hey, what's up? That's me, Victoria Glam, the host of the Glam Life Podcast. I've spoken on stages around the world, but this is where it actually started, in a small town, just like you. I bought this building, I built this business with my loving husband, and then I made a lot of really famous friends. And now I want to bring their expertise to you every week on the Glam Life Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Glam Life Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Rocca. You might know me as Victoria Glam if you follow me over on Instagram, which you totally should. There's a little bit of a new concept to the Glam Life Podcast this season. Yes, you can still listen to me on Apple Music, Spotify, all the rest, but we also have the video component now. So if you want to watch the full length episodes and see Shay Danielle, you know, in person, in, in the flesh, um, or Taryn Darling from last week. All you have to do is go to theglamlifepodcast.com and sign up. It's 100% free. You can watch these back as many times as you'd like. And you'll also get access to like behind the scenes content and the after show where we kind of go over everything that happened behind the scenes and in the episode and et cetera, et cetera, right? Because this season I wanted to make it a little bit more personable. And also I really wanted to bring you open, honest conversations with the best in the business, the best in the business. And today's guest is absolutely not the exception, but instead the standard in permanent makeup, honesty and integrity, which I really, really um, respect about her. She's a shining star in the world of permanent makeup. She hails all the way from Calgary, Alberta, which is in Canada, if you didn't know. And I mean, this girly has a reputation that is as shiny as her halo, okay? And she held nothing back. This is a really good interview, I'll be honest with you. And listen, she's not just PMU famous. She's incredibly well-respected in permanent makeup circles. Um, and it's no wonder why she's not only famous, but also incredibly well-respected because she's the kind of person who just lights up a room when she walks into it. And I don't mean in the Dateline way. You know, you know how they always say that on Dateline on 48 hours, she lit up a room. You already know she got murdered. You know what I mean? I don't mean it in that way. I mean, she's the kind of person who makes you feel like you've known her forever. Like the friend in your head, like, and, she, and honestly, very personable, very approachable. You could DM Shay and she's going to respond to you and probably a voice notes that you really know it's her. So from her sterling artistry to her amazing resource collection over at ShayDanielleAcademy.com, we bagged the big one. Okay. So settle in, kick back, relax, get ready for an incredible in-depth conversation, which had no holds barred. She, there is a form that people fill out before they come on this podcast. And she did not add a single thing in the do not mention column, which I really love and respect. Hey, okay. So real quick, before we get into today's episode, I did want to let you know that Shay Danielle is actually a partner with Brow Sister. So she exclusively uses pink cream and pink gel as her anesthetics in her studio, in her classes, and in her student kits. And if you want to shop like Shay, head over to shopbrowsister.com and use code GLAMLIFE20 for 20% off any purchases you make today. The one, the only Shay Danielle. I'm Shay Danielle, and you're watching the Glam Life Podcast. Hi, Shay. Thank you so much for making some time for us today. I know that you're a very busy lady. So now that you're here, give me all your secrets to success. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, where to start? No, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. This is exciting. I don't do a ton of podcasts, but I'm definitely excited to be here with you today. Oh, I'm excited to have you. Tell me, oh. do you feel like you're successful? 
Yes, I do. I actually really do. And not in a cocky way, because my definition of success, I feel is very different than other people's or some other people that I know. And I feel like success, the term itself is just so versatile and it changes for it changes for every person. And then it changes for seasons of your life as well. So I do. The answer is yes, I do feel successful. So for me, like I have been in this industry for, you know, well over 10 years. I think we're on like year 12. Um, I define it so much differently than I used to before it was like hustle culture. It was nonstop, like literally it's, I get emotional talking about how it used to be for me and what I thought success was because I was literally a workaholic. Like I lost time with my family. I missed my daughter's first steps, like all of those sad, sad things I went through at that time of my life, building up my business. And unfortunately, there's no way to avoid that. Like you have to go through that season to get to now where I define success, what success looks like for for me now. Now it's a lot different. It is like time with my family. Success to me is time. So, you know, money, yes, we have to make money in order to have time. So I've gotten to a place in my business where I'm not – like, I'm not so in it anymore. You know, the, the grind, that hustle mentality is gone for me. So I do what I love and I make money along the way. And I'm not in it just for the money. I've never been in it just for the money, but now it's like an afterthought. Like if you ask me what's in my bank account, how much we made last year, what we made this month, I honestly couldn't tell you, Victoria. I'm not even lying. I, I couldn't. And like, yeah, slap on the wrist for me, but like, I have a team that takes care of that. It happens to be my husband. So like, I just do what I love. And if I'm happy and doing it well, I get time with my kids. I'm at the studio. Like every day is a freaking blessing as, as cringy as that sounds. I'm like living, I'm living my ultimate business success dream right now. I think that hearing this is going to make people really excited, especially people who are just getting started. Like maybe you took a class in the last six to 12 months and you're just getting started and building clientele. You'll think to yourself, that's exactly what I want. But the problem is we only hear from people once they're there because nobody is interviewing the girl in a six by six room with zero clients. So like, take me back to the beginning. Where did that, where did you start? Yeah. So I started in my condo. It was actually Blair, who's my husband. I started in his condo because I had just moved in. And it was a 600-square-foot condo. So it was like a one-bedroom, one-bathroom, like the size of some people's walk-in closets was what we were living in. And I would set up my bed in the living room, like literally move the ottoman out of the way, set up the bed, and I would like go to town working on clients all day. And that's when I was literally seeing eight clients a day. I was so busy. Um, And they thought it was my studio. So they thought that this like beautiful little condo was just my working space. They had no idea that like, this, this is where we live too. Like it's where we watch movies and like eat our chips and like, yeah. So like that's where it's Blair. <laughs> yeah. Blair was like hiding in the closet. Don't come out. <laughs> um, but then from there, you know, we, we made some money. We bought a bigger condo. Then it was like the bedroom of the condo. And then we moved into like our first little duplex home. And then it was, half of the basement that I got to work in. And then we moved into our forever home. And then it was like 
the full, I used to call it the lower level studio. I hate basement, like basement brows, but yeah. like, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And, and not you sending, home. not you sending your mom to the basement. <laughs> mom yeah. gets to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get down there. Get down the stairs. <laughs> that is so funny. I've never seen yeah. a basement, by the way. You've never seen what? A basement. You've never seen a basement. What do you mean? I live in Louisiana, so we're oh. below sea level. So we don't even bury people below the ground, really. I mean, maybe like five, four or five feet, something like that. But most of them are like above ground. Because if you start no. digging, you hit water. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, basements are a big thing here. <laughs> so when I say I'm beneath you, I mean it. <laughs> nobody, nobody starts off with these like grandiose ideas, right? Like no one yeah. thinks, you know what? I'm going to run a million dollars. Maybe some people do. And there is. There is a level of delusion that's necessary to run a successful business, but no one really starts off truly believing, Hey, I'm going to be a, you know, a $50 million enterprise with a CEO. And so when you first started out, what was your idea of success in that first condo? When you moved into Blair's condo and started taking people in the living room, which by the way, Shay is in Canada. So she yeah. can do that if she wants to. Canada. We have no rules here. What was the dream? Uh, I honestly, I never had one. I never, ever set goals for myself. I never really think ahead. I live in the moment. I make decisions like quickly and I roll with the punches. And that's what I've done, honestly, my whole career. So if you ask me like, what are your goals for next year? I don't freaking know, Victoria. Like I literally don't know. Tomorrow it could change. I really just go with the flow. So I never had like this dream of opening up a big studio or having staff that never crossed my mind. I was so content, like so content working by myself. Eventually I trained my mom and brought her on as well. And she works with me, trained my sister-in-law, but all of that just kind of happened organically and naturally. Like I, th there was no plan attached to it. I honestly, if this studio, like we can talk a little bit about the studio. Um, I never even really wanted it to be yeah. honest. Like, like it was never like, okay, I'm working towards this goal. We could have opened a studio freaking years and years and years ago, but I was so happy working from home and being there with the kids and like having that flexibility. And I didn't, I didn't really want it. Blair was the one that was like, you know what? There's this place for sale down the street. It's a brand new building. We should take a look. So we thought, you know, yeah. So if we, if we were going to do this, it, there was a lot of things like it had to check a million boxes. It had to be very close to my house. It had to be something that we could purchase. We wanted an investment. We didn't want to, you know, lease the space, especially working from home with no overhead for 12 years. It's, it's right. kind of hard to think that way. So yeah, like we didn't want anything too big. We didn't want anything too small. And How? then this place just magically appeared. Magic. How far into your career were you when you brought mom on? Oh, good question. She's been with me for, I want to say six or six, at least six years now, maybe seven. Whose idea? Um, it was mine. Did she take some convincing or was she like ready to go? A uh, little bit of convincing. So mom is uh, like, I love her to death. She's a little bit of a hermit. Like she's, she, she just likes her. She's kind of like me. I'm actually turning into her as I get older, which is funny. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just likes to keep to herself. It's her and my dad and they just kind of do their own thing. They're not super outgoing. Um, they travel sometimes, but that's about it. They were living in Ontario and on the other side of Canada. And I was here. I had had Lila 
I think I was, I think I was pregnant with Maeve and I was like, mom, I'm like, I'm dying here. Like I have too many clients. I can't keep up with them. People are pissed off because they can't get in to see me. Like, would you consider learning how to do this? And I feel like I get all my artistic ability from my mom. Like I love sketching, drawing, painting, like all of that stuff. And she's so great at that. And growing up, like we did a lot of that stuff together and like crafts and things. So um, yeah, I did. I had to convince her. I was like, do you want to come and do this? And she's like, I could never, like, I'm not, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I'm like, you'd be surprised. So slowly started training her and yeah, then the rest is history. She's been with me for like, yeah, over six years now. That's crazy. I don't know if I can yeah. work with my mom every day. You know what? Amazing. It, it, there's, there's some struggles with it. I'm not going to lie. Like training her being that I had trained so many people, she, I had trained so many people, you know, prior to training her and I was really good at training people. Like I was such a great instructor, like yeah. just to, you know, brush the dirt off my shoulders here. But training a family member is very different. Like I was so hard on her and expected so much of her. So I was a little bit like a drill sergeant, right? Like she's so good because I was so hard on her, but it wasn't easy. Not, she'll tell you the same. She's like, probably doesn't want to go through that again, but it worked out. <laughs> mama you gotta be nice to mom I mean she I know Blair's always like Shay it's different it's it's a different relationship because it's yeah. she's my mom but she's also an employee so like trying to how weird is that like to have your daughter be your boss and like telling you what to do and what not to do and yeah. scolding you when you know there's times that you need scolding like it's it's awkward sometimes but we've worked our way through it it's sure. difficult to be in that that um, new power situation where typically, yeah. you know, when we raise our children, we are who's in charge and we keep them on task and we hold them accountable and we teach them things. Right. And so to flip that and have to hold your mom accountable yeah. and call her on her own bullshit is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I tell yeah. my kids a lot, actually that exact phrase, I say, I don't work for you. And mm. wow, I can't imagine it. But you do. <laughs> but I, I kind of do. And I can't imagine if I was actually on the books. They work for me. Did you hire your kids? No, uh, it's not really. So I know what you're talking about. And I've been seeing that. Um, but no. And I think it's a little bit different in Canada than it is in the States. Yeah. But don't quote me on that. I actually told Blair the other day. I was like, we need to hire the kids. Yeah. And he's like, I'll look into it. But he's like, I think it's a little different. I'm like, All right. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, at least in the States, yeah. if you hire your children, you can pay them something like they just upped it. I think it's like 12,000 a year before they yeah. owe taxes on it. And yeah. a contractor has to be X amount of money in a year before you have to pay payroll tax on it. So, or something along those lines, I'm not a CPA. Yeah. So, yeah. um, the way that my investment guy set it up is that my kids get paid something minimal, like 200 a month or something. And they come and they vacuum and they help me put stickers on things like skew stickers. Put little and kids they, together. Yeah. And we hang out and, you know, we video it and they have a great time. They feel like they're mommy. They sit at yeah. the computer or whatever. And, um, that they don't, I don't hand a four-year-old $200. That's crazy. We put it into yeah. an investment account for them, a retirement account. So if they don't yeah. touch it for college, if they just let it ride for the next 60 something years, they'll retire millionaires for just shooting out of me. And I, they amazing. can take care of me because let me tell you something, compound interest. What did Einstein call it? The, the eighth wonder of the world or something like that. Uh -huh. Um, I'm in my mid thirties, right? I'm turning 35 in a couple months. And if I started investing two years ago, I put in $2,000 a month, which is a lot to commit to 2000 a month from now until retirement, I will still not have as much as they will putting in $200 a month with compound That's interest. So, so crazy. 
I'm investing in them so that they take care of me. Absolutely. Yeah. That's we the do beauty the of working like, with family. We're setting our kids up the best that we can now. And like, they've how, always been involved though. Yeah. The kids for sure. Like they've, that's all they've known since they were born. So like, even with me working from home, they knew like not to go down when mom's working. Like they were always really polite when clients would come to the house, like house always had to stay tidy. Yeah. And now they come to the studio, little Mabe loves to sit in the studio and sits at the front desk there. That's so cute. Gosh. When did YouTube come into the picture? Because you have a lot of content on YouTube, but, but even more so than just educational, you have a lot of family content on YouTube. Yeah, we've recently like hid most of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like, yeah, just because we were trying to, I, I kind of want to reopen it, to be honest with you. I'm like looking at my assistant right now. I'm like, let's go ahead and like put those back live again. So we started, before I even got into the beauty industry, I was always into beauty. So I used to do like makeup tutorials. Like they're so cringy to watch. Like, oh my God. There's one that like Blair does my makeup and it was from like, I don't even know, like 15 years ago. Like it's just so funny, but so cringy to look back on. And I just love, like, I love editing. I love documenting. Like we do family trips. Um, Yeah. uh, More recently, we've got more like, you know, business content on there and like technique stuff and um, some vlogs and just more focused in our industry. However, before that, yeah, it was big. Like I actually had like birthing vlogs where I, I gave birth to Maeve and I think it had, I don't even, don't quote me, but I think it's like 16 million views or something. Like there's just like tons and tons of people that have like watched me give birth on YouTube. Okay. I did not see that one. I went through a lot of your old content and I saw you have one that's about to hit a million or maybe it has since I looked at it. The, um, the areola one, it's like three minutes long. Oh, nice. I, I, I don't really check them all that often. Like I put them on there, cast, my assistant kind of goes in and like keeps an eye on things, but, um, yeah. You just, yes, we are. Oh, good. I was, I was link. before I used to make like good money from YouTube before, like when yeah. I was doing my, I would do like outfit hauls. I don't think I'm going to re-release all those, but like outfit of the days and like a lot of baby stuff was on there when I was pregnant. Just I've taken people through this journey of my life and you can, if we were to open everything back up, you can kind of see the, it's cool, right? Like how cool for the kids to look back at that stuff or for me when I'm like old and gray to like look back at this stuff. I, I think YouTube's awesome. Me too. And taking people on the journey with you is what really bonds your audience to the brand, right? Like I agree. She's relatable and she's consistently relatable. And she's, you know, somebody who I, if you don't want to be her, you want to be friends with her. And you learn that through those everyday conversations, not through a video on whip shading, you know? Totally. I, I agree. Instagram, like I try to really balance too on social media, like enough of like me as a person, like, don't forget I'm a mom, like I'm a wife. I barely know how to cook, but I do my best. I burn food sometimes, like all of these things, like I have health issues, um, anxiety, like all of that stuff is just as important for people to see as like the stuff that I sell and the online courses and the products. Like I am a person and my brand is me. Like that's kind of how it, it boils down. And I, I feel like I am relatable. I feel like everyone's relatable, but it's what they share, you know, that makes them relatable. If you're going to show up only as like a perfect princess every day Mm -hmm. and everything is Mm -hmm. just rainbows and roses and we never admit that we have faults or that there are issues, everything's perfect all the time. It's actually a turnoff. That that image that you're crafting for yourself is actually going to make people really suspicious of you and feel like, oh, she's fake. But you know what? 
right now, everything, everyone moved to Instagram a couple of years ago, right? And a lot yeah. of people have those very crafted personas on Instagram, very crafted yeah. detail. Nobody wanted to be as raw and authentic after a while. But yeah. now that's the only thing getting any reach is those raw and authentic posts. Everything else, people are so tired of the static. What yeah. do you think about the decreased reach on social media right now? Uh, I think it comes and goes, right? Like you're always going to have those waves with Instagram, with social media. It's consistency that's really important and it's kind of changing things up. It's reinventing yourself, not yourself, but like the way that you are, you know, getting that information out to people and changing it up and seeing what works and what doesn't work. You know, we'll, we'll see it start to dip, get a little bit quiet. And so we'll try something new. We're constantly strategizing with like, all right, I think I want to do something more like this, or we'll see inspiration somewhere, pull it, bring it into our industry and see if it works and you'll you'll know you'll see the boost engagement you'll see the boost in comments you'll see the dms coming in you'll see that in sales and i actually find that challenge fun like i actually like that otherwise it'd just be boring you know remember the days yeah. when we used to post like before and after pictures and that was all we would do and yeah. it's just like a whole grid of like this like this people would just people would just steal the content or they would oh, yeah. badly photoshop like, it, it. Logo on it yeah i remember those days it's you, kind of boring. I like I like Instagram right now. It's not bad. Yeah, that was really boring, actually. And yeah. I tell students that all the time. I say nobody gives a shit about your before yeah. and afters. Nobody cares. Yeah. Because I've I've seen that you do great brows. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Put them on your website. Have a portfolio that clients can look at. Instagram is it's different now. It's changed, right? Certainly. So yeah. you are really good at jumping on things as they're taking off or before because you're so flexible, because you move fast. And maybe because like you said, you don't necessarily have a plan. You're just like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm going to do that. So you oh, were yeah. actually one of the first to adapt to um, not only long form content, but also um, online education. Did you catch yeah. any shit for that? Uh Hey friends, commercials are really annoying, so I'm going to make this brief. Head over to shopbrowsister.com and use code GLAMLIFE20 for 20% off of anything you'd like to purchase there and keep this podcast going. And that's exactly what we're going to do and jump right back into today's episode right now. Uh, did I catch any shit for it? I mean, I was nervous as all hell to do it, right? When At the time, no one was really doing it back then. It wasn't like it is today. I think we launched our online academy in 2017. So like, um, it was kind of unheard of, right? You can't learn online. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. You can't have an online course. You can't charge that little, like you're undercutting the industry. Well, no, like, and look at what's happened now, right? Like it's changed so much. There's online education everywhere, almost too much now. It's overwhelming yeah. people. Um, but no, I didn't really catch a lot of shit. I just remember being nervous, like that imposter syndrome kicking in, like, you know, not knowing who's watching, what they're going to say, how it's going to be, you know, received. Um, I, I was pretty, I was pretty scared. But after that first one, I was like, this is my life. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is so amazing. And what was your first one? It, my very first one was lip blush. Oh, was yeah. Lip, yeah, it was lip blush. That was my first course. And it, it like did incredible, like, Money-wise, it did incredible, but like the people that were learning, because again, it wasn't like, okay, you've never touched a tattoo machine, come and learn lips. It was for people who have taken, you know, a brow course, they've under, they understand how to use a machine. I'm just teaching you a different part of the skin to work on, right? right. So it was super in-depth, was received so well, um, and then that kind of started everything. And I then, yeah, so many people did. It was like my first little baby. 
And what I did with that course is I came in low, like I came in with a really attractive price point so that people could get to know me and get to know my brand and see what I'm all about, what I'm putting out there, what the content's like, what the value is like. And then from there, I built that trust. So when the next one released, you know, all of those past students purchased plus new students and so on and so forth. And then with each one, you know, I got more confident with increasing the price a little bit to where I, I saw it to be fit and still have people, you know, being happy with the value that they were getting. So, and now we've got like, I don't even know, over like 70 online courses on our platform. That is great. Like that. Oh, yeah. By the way, about that chicken or the egg, which came first? Did you have like tons of people who were engaged with you and wanting to buy classes. So you said, let me host some other people's classes so I can relax a little. Mm -hmm. Or did you start hosting other people's classes and that brought even more eyes to the platform and made it as big as it is? Um, so I was doing so well on the platform, but I also realized that I don't specialize in like one thing. Like I'm not just a lip artist. I'm not like a brow specialist. Like I'm a bit of a jack of all trades I've talked about that before like I do everything under the sun um that is how I work so I also with when there's a certain technique like let's say nano brows which now I feel like I've finally mastered them and I'm so confident with them but back then I didn't feel like I was in the space to be teaching people when I was still technically learning right it takes a long time to perfect a craft and although I was doing nanos since like when I started microblading I didn't feel like I had it enough to be teaching that. So I had to seek out specialists, like someone who specializes in nano, like Maya Moore, who could come on and teach people. Like I would feel more comfortable that way, right? Representing Maya, having her on my platform, uh, Jody for paramedical tattoo, you know, yeah. like I do paramedical, but I don't specialize in yeah, just she's that. She's a legend. So yeah, she is exactly. So it's like, it's just making those connections, those friendships with people um, building trust because I've worked with these women for a very long time. Some of them have been on the platform for years, yeah. you know, and we've worked so well together. No drama. Everybody's happy. Oh, we got drama. Um, oh, we got drama on the platform. <laughs> Me and Maya Moore are going to fight. <laughs> you got to get Maya on here. She's the best. No, I wish she's on my wish list. Um, okay. and by the way, I'm kidding. Maya and I met <laughs> in person at the AAM and we squashed our beef. So, oh, excellent. Excellent. We don't have beef. She used to work for a company called that was calling themselves the Microblading Institute. And oh, no. URL still forwards to more beauty love. And oh. she's been trying to help me get in touch with them to buy the URL. But at this point, it's been years. And I don't even want it now. I own oh, microbladingclass.com. So that's fine with me. Uh. But it, I thought it was so funny that she didn't even say, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Maya. She was like, I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not, it's not a problem, Maya. It's okay. I love it. No, I really want her on here because I took her, um, I took a class with you, with you, through you, but it was mm -hmm. with Maya and it was the nano class. Yeah. And yeah, I just, two, two I absolutely adore yeah. her. And then of course I met her at AAM and I heard her speak and I just love her. Yeah, Have you ever had a falling out with someone though and been like, what do you do in that situation where someone says something, do they tell you to pull their course down or no, I, I haven't had that experience within, you know, my platform, but of course, uh, yeah, people have falling outs. Like yeah. in this industry, you, you try and work with people and collaborate on things and it doesn't always go so well. Yeah. It's just par for the course. You gotta, you gotta deal with it. It's something I will never, like, I don't really publicly speak about stuff like that. Sure. Like if, if I'm having an issue with someone, that's something that we will like sort out on our own. 
luckily I've been blessed with like really amazing friends and awesome people that I've chosen to work with, yeah. but it can't be avoided and it doesn't have to be drama. Like it can just be like, you know what, let's go our separate ways. We're not, we're not on the same path. We're not seeing the same thing. And, and that's fine. It's just, it's part of life. I think so. You know, when yeah. I first started Brow Sister, I had a partner in that business and I chose to end that yeah. partnership because I felt it was stunting the growth of the company. Mm-hmm. And in the eight months that I've owned 100% of my company, I've done so much with it. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen in the last two years. Yeah. But I think everyone has that. And my last episode of season two is called Making a Monster, where I tell the story of like my business boogeyman, um, like the person who burned me so bad in business and just how it affected me, especially being pregnant at the time and being a a newborn mother and the whole thing. I got more relatability and thank you DMs from that than any other episode, because I think, you know, it's, it's proper protocol to just not say anything. Yep. And then people feel like, well, how much of that is my fault when they get into a spat with someone who is never supposed to be their partner in a little, you know, lease or something. And actually it's so common. Everyone goes through it. Everybody. And then we look at Shay Danielle, Swiss, the the Swissest of all people. And we're Uh like, damn, is it possible to actually have no beefs? You know what? How I... There's beef. You're always going to have beef and you're going to find people that you can't work with. And that's how you learn those. That's tu- tuition, right? That's the, the learning lessons, the cost of, oh of growing your business and, and becoming a better business owner, a better person, more confident with yourself. Um, but I honestly, like, I think that nobody really wants to talk about it. So I think that what's most important with anything that goes on, any decisions that you make, if you are comfortable going to sleep at night, putting your head on that pillow and not stressing about choices that you've made, things that you've said, that that's all that you can do as your own person. So in any situation, integrity wise, make sure you can go to bed at night, putting your head on that pillow, feeling confident with who you are and the choices that you made. The rest is out of your control, completely out of your control. That's and true. I feel good every single time I go to sleep, I lay my head down and I feel happy about choices that I've made that day. Swiss, baby. There you have it. There you have it. She didn't yell sleeps very well at night, bitch. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, you know what? I was speaking to Carla Ricciardone the other day and she was telling me that like, um, there has to be a, a definition in your brain between a working relationship and a friendship because mm-hmm. you can't really mix intertwine the two. And she oh. was kind of chastising me for something going on with a, a friend who was moving out. And she was saying, mm-hmm. Victoria, I'm hearing like all these feminine words and I need you to masculine it up in your business. Like you're telling me how you feel and what you thought and what, how it made you feel or how she's feeling. You have to stop because you can still be friends, but at the end of the day, it's like a business partnership. But then I started thinking, but there are times when that's so difficult because let's say and this has happened to me with more than one person on more than one occasion I see my friend getting like canceled or dragged and like Mm -hmm. you know as a friend wouldn't you stand up for your friend but as a business person you stay out of it because it has nothing to do with your business and I have other people's livelihoods to think of yep how do you I know that you have seen this before in the past because you're friends with everyone so how do you deal with that does that irk you like oh I want to say something it does because it puts you in a really uncomfortable position. It, it, like it's really hard, right? People will have expectations of you. Friends will have expectations of you. And you, at the end of the day, you know, it comes back to being selfish. And I hate that word, but I'm learning to become more selfish over the last few years. 
I'm really trying to focus on me, my family. And like, that is, that's my inner circle right there. Yeah. So anything else, like it, well, it's, I agree. it's really hard. Like it, it is the, We're saying the same thing, but I wouldn't call it selfish. I would actually say it's selfless. It would be very selfish of me because this thing is in the back of my brain irking me to just go ahead mm-hmm. and spit it out, which is who I am mm-hmm. as a person. I just mm-hmm. always say it. I'm, if there's a choice between confronting or not confronting, I'm just going to say it because yeah. I like to clear the air and just get it. All, it's going to yeah. play in my head over and over like a, a skipped record if I don't say it out yeah. loud. But yeah. I have other people to think of. I have other people who make money at my sh- at my shop, you know? Yeah. I have other people yeah. who depend on mom to make some money. Yeah, it, I guess it boils down to prioritizing, really. And it, it sucks. Their, their decisions, like, it, it, it can be really, really hard, you know, working with friends. Or sometimes you start as business and you become friends. And that's almost even harder. <laughs> because well, you they're your husband, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, How does do. that dynamic work? First of all, when did he step into the business? I'd say about like hardcore, like maybe five years ago. And, and then more recently, he's like a lot more hands-on. What was that? What was that conversation like? Uh, again, don't think that we even had one. Like, don't <laughs> think, I don't think that it was like, would you like to come, you know, come full time? And do you want to? it just naturally happened. Like he was going to work. I was making a lot of money. We were losing money by having him go to work. Yeah. Like it, it didn't make sense for him to be doing that anymore. So I would have rather him been staying home with the kids and helping out, you know, around the house and that sort of thing. But he's a manly man and wants to work. Like it's, it's natural. Right. So um, yeah, it just naturally progressed. He'd help me out with a couple of things. I am not a numbers person at all. I am like very artsy and creative and like numbers are not my thing. So that's why I tell you, I'm like, I don't know how much is in my bank account. Blair knows and I trust him and I love I don't him. Wanna so, look. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his wheelhouse. So though we work together, like very closely on the business, we don't ever cross paths. Like he stays to his side of things. I stay to my side of things and we support each other the best we can. He wants to show me spreadsheets. I have no interest in looking at like, I'm just yeah. like, don't know how to make one. Don't know how to read one, but he loves that thing that that stuff. And I, I love that about him. He can't do what I do. So we need each other now more than ever because you know, the business has expanded more and we've got a lot more responsibility and, and he's extremely organized. So it helps a lot, but yeah, just again, natural progression, no, no plans, no goals. It just happened. So something else I want to talk to you about that just happened, like no one could plan for is you recently had a really big health scare and Mm -hmm. you talked about on social media. So I assume it's okay for us to chat about it. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it. So if you don't know, Shay basically died while on a date with her husband and they brought her back to life, like on the floor of a rodeo. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. In her fishnets. In my fishnet stockings. (laughs) Yeah. It uh, was pretty freaking scary to say the least. We were not expecting that. I never go out. I'm a hermit. I'm a grandma. I like to stay home with my kids. Um, I had my time when I did party and go out and all of that stuff, but I'm not, I'm not like that anymore. So once a year, my one night a year that I like to go out, we have the Calgary Stampede, which is a massive like rodeo. This whole city turns into like old school country for 10 days and big tents and beer gardens and all of that. So I went out one night with a big group of friends. There was probably like 30 or 40 of us. And I got there within 15 minutes. Um, I told Blair, I don't feel very well. And I hadn't drank any alcohol. I stopped drinking. I took a break from drinking like nine months ago and I just 
enjoy it, like not drinking. So I haven't gone back to it. So I hadn't had any booze. I had a half a cup of Red Bull and I fainted. Like I fell to the ground, smacked my head on the concrete. Long story short, I couldn't get back up. So they called an ambulance, took me out. I was so embarrassed wearing fishnet stockings, like short, short denim shirt shorts and like, you know, cowboy boots and like the whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, in, in the ambulance on the way to the hospital, my heart was racing so fast. They could not get my heart rate down and they had to turn, con- I, I got a control alt delete essentially on my body. Like <laughs> they just had to reboot me. So yeah, they stopped my heart and then restarted it 10 seconds later. So I flatlined for 10 seconds and then that was that. So it's I been, imagine um, what yeah, Blair was thinking. He was shaking so hard. Like the paramedics, I think, were equally as concerned with him because he went into like full shock, just fear. Um, But yeah, I'm doing a lot better now. I've seen like a ton of specialists and it's called SVT and like I'm going to see another specialist and there might be like a small um, procedure or surgery they can do on my heart to kind of fix it. But day to day now, I'm feeling so much better. So yeah, it was a big eye opener, I would say. Yeah. Uh, for me. You, you technically died. Did you get that thing that they talk about in movies where like the most important moments in your life flash before your eyes and you think of things? Did you feel that way? Cause I watched your video where you were explaining it and you said that you couldn't move and you knew that it was, you know, you, you were turned off basically, but you could hear people. Yeah. So I could hear people when I came back, um, as I was going, it was like a dark hole. But what was going through my mind was like, in that last moment was thinking about like, what, like Blair taking care of the girls and like money and are they going to be okay? Like all of those things. And then leading up to that in the ambulance, there was a clock and it was flashing every time. Like it it just is a flashing clock, um, like an alarm numbers. And every time it flashed, I kept saying in my head, Lila Maeve. Lila, Maeve, like my girl's names. I just kept saying to myself to like try and stay as long as I could. And to, yeah, it was so scary. I hate even talking about it and going back to that, like that night was just, yeah. So to me, I think it was a massive message. I think it was like a, a big shake to me to smarten up. I'm always taking care of people around me and I need to take care of myself, um, because I don't. I don't do that. I think I'm invincible. I think I can go all day with no food. I think I can live off coffee and Coke Zero and just power. <laughs> you can. Through. You weigh 92 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, that is, that's our life in this industry. We are so busy and we care so much for the people around us and for our clients and for our family and for taking care of everyone else. It's a lot of weight on our shoulders and we don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. So we have to take that time to take care of ourselves. Like we absolutely do. I I have to force myself to eat when I'm not hungry. I need to, my lovely assistant, like constantly is filling up my water jug for me. Like Cass is always taking care of me and it's a team effort to, to keep Shay around. So yeah, I'm just, I'm doing the best I can, but it was definitely a big eye opener and, um, a big with, message. A, with a big, scary experience like that, you know, when you're back on your feet, back alert and cognizant, what are your first thoughts for like, I need to change this? Did you have any of those thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I knew like that, that's the closest to death that I hope to ever come until that yeah. day. 
but um, it's just, there's, there's no, I cannot go back there. And another thing is, is like, yeah, like we are all so concerned with like, you know, how we look and our hair and, you know, have we gained 10 pounds over COVID and this and that. And to anyone that says that they don't think about those things, we're women, we do. It's, it's natural. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but at the end of the day, what, what does it matter? Like, what does it matter? Uh, Taylor Swift. Okay. She, I don't know if you ever saw that clip of Taylor Swift where she was like, saying she was doing these shows and like burning out. And she thought that when she got off stage at the end of the night, that is how she was supposed to feel. And that's because she was like starving herself, not eating and like working like crazy, not taking proper care of herself. And then she made a shift. She made a change. And now she's like, I can do these shows and not feel like I'm going to pass out at the end of the day. Like I can, I can do this, but you have to prioritize that and change your mindset. Right. Like, and by the time. way, she turned that around. I'm not even a Swifty, but she turned that yeah. around to take such good care of the people helping her put on these these shows that are easier for her to do. Like she paid just the truck drivers driving her stage and, and sound and audio and stuff around. She paid yeah. them a hundred thousand dollars each as yeah. a bonus. Amazing. She's taking care of everyone around her, but she's also still taking care of herself. I think that's so important. Hey friends, if you're enjoying today's episode, please head over to theglamlifepodcast.com so that you can see Shay Danielle actually giving this interview, see all the behind the scenes content, leave comments, ask questions, and watch the after show. Not to mention at the very bottom of the page is a link so that you can join us in person live for the Christmas conference. Tickets are free, but there are very few of them. So grab one today. And this was at the same time that you're opening your new studio. So did you start to panic? Like, maybe this is not the time. What did we get into? Uh, No, it it kind of, it didn't, it didn't line up at that time. So that would have been a lot more hectic and scary if that was the case, but we were already in here and settled, but it, it, I, this place needs me to run it. You know, like I'm a huge part of what goes on here day to day in the studio. So it, it was tough, but luckily I built enough of a support system and team around me that if like this were to happen again, I am confident with the systems that we have in played in place and the people that are working here and their, you know, their excellency of work that I don't have to stress so much. Right. I am now able to take a step back by choice or by necessity yeah. when these the things happen and I'm okay. So it's not just me on my own anymore, which is what it was for so long. So it's really nice to have, those people that you can rely on and to have your back in, in these times of struggle. Right. Yeah. Everybody talks about getting really successful in their business and they want their business to be really profitable, but nobody talks about retirement and what that actually looks like. People talk about investments and, you know, retirement and money, but what does retirement look like you 20, 30 years from now? Are you still doing permanent makeup? Hmm. Most likely. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's such a freaking hobby that I love it so much. I always say if I didn't get paid for it, I would still do it. And like with tiny tattoos, like me getting into tiny tattoos, I did so many for free. I did not care to make money off them. I just loved doing them so much. So yeah. I don't know how to ever give it up completely. I'll probably be like in the nursing home doing my friend's eyebrows. But um, no, what does it look like for me? I want to travel. I want to have a home somewhere warm, you know, we the kids are still really young so we've got lots of time to think about that but yeah I want to I just want to live a comfortable life I want to be happy I don't need much like I really am not a flashy girl I don't need a heck of a lot I just need my hubby so much comes to you 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> what's um what's the legacy of Shay Danielle? 50 years from now, when your kids are talking about you to their grandkids, what is the legacy of Shay Danielle? I hope that they're really proud of me, you know, being that I went to college but didn't end up doing anything with with that. And, uh, you know, I started this kind of all on my own from such a small space in my home. And I want them to be able to do something that they love, because I think that life is so short. And if you don't get the opportunity to, to work in something that you're obsessed with, then you're missing so much, like you're really missing out on so much. So legacy wise, I feel like my littlest one, Maeve, will probably follow in my footsteps. If you ask her what she wants to be, she wants to be a tattoo artist like mama. So maybe this will all be hers one day. Maybe it won't. I don't know. And Lila is the brains. She's the number. So maybe she'll be like Blair and they'll just keep this thing going forever. And they'll be like the perfect duo, the yin and the yang, just like me and Blair. That's amazing. Yeah. And then maybe they could take over the business and then you'll work for your children, just like your mom. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe. Hopefully they don't well, yell at me. Shay, I know that you're a very busy lady and it has been an absolute pleasure having you on our show. I can't even believe that you showed up. Like, of course no I can't because you're so nice, but also, you know, it's, it's the first season with guests. I'm shocked that you didn't put me through my, through the paces first, but no way. I know that. that. I'm so excited. You know what? When you kind of told me what you wanted to talk about, I was like, this is right up my alley. It's not your like standard, like, how did you get into the industry? And like the same questions that I find myself answering all the time. Yeah. So I love you. I love your style. I love this podcast. And I'm so happy that you asked me to be on it. Well, thank you. Um, before we hop off, let our listeners know where they can connect with you and follow you for your work or get in touch with you if they want to learn, et cetera. Yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram at shaydanielle.pmu, or you guys can check out our website, shopshaydanielle.com. That's S-H-A-Y, danielle.com. And we've got tons of online courses. You can always hit me up, and I will answer any questions that you guys have. And she has a tiny tattoo class coming up in in-person one in October. Oh, yeah. Real you want to meet yep. Shay and learn from the best, you can head over to Calgary. <laughs> yeah, come see us in Canada. Thank you so much, Shay. I appreciate your time. Of course, friend. Okay, love you. I love you. Bye, guys. Go and have a great day. Wow. Okay, so I'm in shell shock. I'm in shell shock. Okay, so Shay Danielle was just on the Glam Life podcast and said that when I told her the concept of the podcast, she couldn't wait to do it. Ah, that's amazing. Okay, so today is a really big day for me. Um, not only did I get to chat with Shay Danielle, but I'm also closing on some property today. Your girl is officially a landowner. I own about an acre and a half on the river, riverfront property. The entire thing lines up against the river. So like 110 feet of river frontage, something like that. And I'm going to build a house and I'm going to do my gardening and I'm going to live a nice, happy life. Just like Shay mentioned, like it's really not about the flash. Yes, I drive a Porsche, but it's not about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, what an amazing, I'm like, I'm on a high right now. Okay. I'm riding high. I, I really want to thank Shay Danielle for lending her name. Thank you so much, Shay, for lending your name to the Glam Life podcast. You are welcome back here anytime. You're an amazing guest. You're so lovely to work with you guys. She is as kind behind the scenes as she is on camera. She's no diva at all. Busy lady, but she, she always makes the time, which is something that I really value about her. 
And of course, we cannot forget our amazing sponsor, Brow Sister PMU products. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you to Brow Sister. Yes, I know that that's me, but honestly, it's you because without you shopping at shopbrowsister.com, this podcast would not be possible. And I would not be sitting here um, calling this work while I get to chat with my friends on the internet, which is just an amazing opportunity. So thank you so much to Brow Sister PMU products and to you all of the people who shop at shopbrowsister.com. Your unwavering support really makes it possible um, for us to bring informative and inspiring conversations, both to the podcast via audio and now via, um, via video. So if you wanna watch this as well as behind the scenes content and the after show, go over to theglamlifepodcast.com and sign up. It's 100% free. And Brow Sister appreciates you just as much as I appreciate them. So if you go to shopbrowsister.com, use the code GLAMLIFE20 um, and enjoy 20% discount thanks to Shay Danielle. So I will see you, you know, I'll see you Glammies later. Stay fabulous. I'll see you in about a week. Go ahead and uh, log on right now so you can watch the after show with Mindy and Katie. And yeah, uh, for my next guest, we'll be talking to Jody Stosky. So I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>